Hey, Pond family, this is Egal, and welcome to another episode of the Pond Leaders Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you so much for taking the time to even leave me a review, a five-star review on iTunes. It helps other palm brokers find this podcast and it helps the industry grow as a whole. I had a conversation today with one of my coaching clients and they talked about how you know, their culture is, is taking a dip and how morale's down. And as we got into the conversation, he said one thing that made a lot of sense. He said, Egal, this is my fault. And I said, yes, yes, it is. And I said, well, what's the one thing that you can do to change it? And he said, I can get organized. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about that. And he talked about how his desk was a mess, how he just wasn't getting stuff done, and how he just, you know, wasn't all there in the store. And I said, well, there it is. And I gave him the task to get organized, to get his desk clean, to get his area clean so that he can get his mindset clear to function and strategize. You see, if you get to work, if you get to that pawn shop and just open the door and don't have a plan of attack, you're going to stand up at the end of the day and say, what did I do today? Then a week is going to pass by and you're going to say, what did I do today or this week? And then a month is going to pass by and you're going to say, what did I do this month? And you're going to get angry. You can get anxious. You might even get depressed. So I urge you, I'm going to give you a a little bit of homework and it's called the Focus Four. And that's just writing a to-do list of four things that you need to do today and focus on and give it your all. Those four things must get done today. And when you focus on those four things at the end of the day and you look back and you check off everything off that list, you see success. That triggers your mind to be positive. It triggers your mind to to look forward for what's next for tomorrow. And then the next day you do the focus four and you get the four things done and the next, after 30 days, you're going to look back and say, wow, there was success there. Maybe your pawn balance didn't go up, but you organized the store. You came out with a new, you know, a new marketing idea or you even added to improving the culture in your business. So sit down and get organized. And the, the guest on this show, Michael Mack, I know he's a guy who is super, super smart and he's got his stuff together. And in this episode, Michael Mack, who's the owner of Max Pond out in Vegas, he lays everything out on the line. You know, that famous saying, what stays in Vegas or what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. This wasn't the case. Michael just put everything out there for you guys to learn. And we really talk about PR and how he maxes, how he maximizes on the public relations to grow his business. So thanks again for tuning in. And this is my podcast with Michael Mack from Max Pond. Hey everyone, my name is Igaladado and this is the Pond Leaders Podcast. A podcast to help you make more money, stress less, and live an epic life all while working at the pawn shop. Hey, Pawn family, welcome to another episode of the Pawn Leaders Podcast. I'm super excited to have a great guest uh, with me today, all the way from Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, Michael Mack, welcome to the show. Thanks. Not necessarily so for today's show. We're going to tell it all. 
Yeah, there you go. That's what I want. That's what I was. That was that's what I was getting into next. <laughs> I know you're in Vegas, but you have, we have to tell everything that happens over there. Cool, man. Exactly. Thanks for being on the show. You know, I follow you online, and um, I want to start with just how you got into the pawn industry. Uh, you know, I'm a fifth generation pawnbroker, um, so it goes way back. Um, my my father was in the business. Uh, uh, but my brother and I are the first two to ever go in business with each other and take the, the, the family business to the next level. So my great, great grandfather, uh, he had a pawn shop in Seattle, uh, Seattle, Washington, sold Jimi Hendrix's first guitar. So uh -huh. that's kind of a cool claim wow. thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I was born with the, uh, pawn, uh, spoon in my mouth. Uh, my dad had a single store in Reno, Nevada. My parents, my mom is an only survivor of the Holocaust. Um, and a, really a pawn guru herself. Uh, and my mom and dad, my mom after the war moved to San Francisco, worked for Bank of America. My dad worked for a credit jeweler. He didn't work for his father. None of the generations before worked for their father. You know, how, how family businesses, I don't need to tell you. Yeah. But uh, um, so they met and uh, they uh, got married and they honeymooned in Lake Tahoe in Reno. And uh, my parents uh, didn't have much. And uh, my mom won a jackpot for like 500 bucks. And that was the start of uh, Super Pond. Oh, wow. Uh, they, they opened it and, uh, right off, you know, the Reno arches where it says, welcome to fabulous Reno, Nevada. Right underneath it, underneath it you know, a little uh, motel called the Silver Sip Slipper. And uh, it was, uh, you know, the, the beginning of my mom would iron t-shirts and they had coats in the window and they bought uh, costume jewelry. And, uh, you know, long story short, uh, launched my brother and I um, to do what we do today. My brother uh, and I created Super Pond. Uh, my brother sold the company about 11 years ago uh, to Cash America, 50 stores. Um, and really, we've, what we thought of the business is much of what I see what's happening with your family is, you know, a different level of service. Pawn shops aren't what they used to be. People feel comfortable. The pawn shops are nice. They're uh, appealing. They're not just where I would go to buy tools or guns or, you know, electronics. It's where ladies go and they buy jewelry. And, of course, now with me and in your family as well, they do uh, handbags. It's a big piece of our business. So uh, uh, my brother since then uh, sold out the company, and he has the software, Bravo, and very successful uh, software for the pawn industry. And I have had, uh, I kind of launched out into a different world, similar to what you, you've done. And uh, I went out in the community and I got involved. I became a planning commissioner for the city of Las Vegas. I was appointed to that. And then I was appointed to the Las Vegas City Council in 99. And I was on the city council from 99 to 2006. So got my feet wet in politics and enjoyed that. It was the fastest growing city in the United States. So I really enjoyed it. And about nine years ago, I came back into the pond industry and I opened up Max Pond. Uh, we had a small store and then we moved into our new larger location. Uh, and uh, we're off and running. Awesome, man. Very, very cool. I love the story. And there's two things that, wait, before we get into that, you're in Vegas. Let the listeners know what the hold period is for a pond or a buy and what you guys charge. Yeah, so, so Las Vegas is uh, a limited market. It's not easy to get into the marketplace. Uh, there's a moratorium on pawn shops that's been on here forever uh, that 
uh, you can't just go and buy, go and buy, open a pawn shop or get a license from the city. You have to wait till the population increases to a certain level, and then they have a lottery, and they charge twenty five hundred dollars for a lottery ball, and you can put in for as many balls as you want, and you and the winner gets the the right to wow. open up a pawn shop with a hundred thousand dollar bond in place. So we haven't had pawn shops uh, issued in years because what happened is when the economy was going strong. They were given pawn shop licenses left and right, and for some reason, the Mac family happened to get a lot of those balls, and uh, we uh, opened a lot of stores, but uh, since then, you know, the population decreased, so there's not been a population increase in many years. The, the state law uh, regulates our industry, like many, many pawn uh, shops. Uh, we have a 90-day loan, a three-month loan. And uh, at the end of the 90 days, we do a courtesy 30-day extension here at MaxPond. Not, you're not required by law. So it's 120 day or 121 days before it expires. And then our interest rate is 13% a month. Awesome. Thank you. And following you on social media, there's two things that, that you do incredibly well. And it's why you know, I wanted you on the show. One is your PR is epic. You're always on the news. Like any event that's happening in Vegas, they call you guys if it's Valentine's Day, if it's Mother's Day, if it's Father's Day. You guys are always on the news and in the community. So let's talk about that first before we get into like the luxury goods. How do you guys do it? And why do you think it's important for a pawn shop to consistently have great PR and be in the news? So, you know, we were very uh, fortunate to be nominated as Pawn, Pawn Shop of the Year Image Award here at the National Pawn Broke Association. We won that this year. Oh, and congrats. It's, it's kind of an accolade to what you said. Why, how are we out there? Well, number one, and I think every pawn shop should really consider it, hire a PR person. Because your PR person will bring you ideas all the time. And, you know, it's national, you know, uh, left foot day. It's national right foot day. It's national, uh, you know, garage sale day. And somehow we weave ourselves into these stories and make it a story. So I sit down with my PR girl and we go, oh, garage sale. Well, yeah, we're a garage sale. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, you know, yeah, it's our left foot. So we make it whatever type of uh, a day. Now we can't do this every day, but as you can see, we, we do weave ourselves in into the news many a days and they look at us, the expert. Um, last year, we uh, had a new hockey team that opened up here in uh, Las Vegas, uh, NHL, Las Vegas Golden Knights. We weaved ourselves in. We had a pep rally during the Stanley Cup. Um, my, do my dog became the official dog of the, of the, you know, of the, of the team. So, uh, again, weaving yourself in, just being smart. And I have this gal who is just a dynamo. She gets in there. She's friendly with all the news crews. Newspapers, not so much anymore. I don't think anyone's really seeing much of a newspaper, but your, your, your broadcast news and your news stations, they still, they're looking for material all the time. And if you have a great pawn shop and you have, a, you know, you're doing something for Valentine's, we also do something that's really key is we tie in a nonprofit for everything. So if it's Valentine's, we're having a Valentine's sale and it's, it's for junior league, or we're having a, uh, you know, a St. Patrick's sale and it's for, uh, you know, make a wish. So there's always something and it really, you know what, on top of it, we're giving back to the community. They love us. And I, and I believe it, you know, I think people like doing business with companies that are community oriented and, and give back. Hey, I like that guy. I like that company. I'm going to go do some business with them. And so it's, it's not just the traditional, Oh, I'm looking for a loan customer. I'm looking for someone to come in and buy some jewelry. It, it, it really goes beyond.
So you said something and, and it kind of cut off, but I wanted to just reiterate. You said that you hire a PR person. It's really funny because what you do and what my brother and I used to do when I was there, very, very similar. We hired a PR company and, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, we gave away a hundred turkeys to the community and we weaved ourselves as part of the community, not just a business in the community. And I love what you do like with the, with the dog in the NHL. It's, it's awesome. So that's very, very cool. Love that. So have, have, hire somebody in PR yeah. and, and give back to a, a, a nonprofit of some sort. And do it throughout the year. Don't just, you know, it's not just once a year. You know, um, if there's a, you know, there's a fire. I mean, we've had fires in California. If there's something, you know, we can give back and donate or help out, you know, someone who loses their whole home in a fire. How many times do you hear that in your community? And give them, a, a, you know, a few items in your store to, to get them back on their feet. Or another thing I do, which you'll like, is um, I'm close with a lot of the rabbis and uh, local uh, preachers in the area. And they, they we're friends. And I tell them, if you have someone that is in need, please come to me. Because I'm not just everyone who's in need, because everyone goes to your rabbi or someone mm -hmm. that's in need. Bring them to me. Call me. I'll give them an interest-free loan. Wow. Yeah. And why not? Why wouldn't he? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's amazing. Is I've done that a few times. And now these customers are, are good customers. They're not pawn customers anymore. They're actually buying all the time. So another thing, okay. it's easy to do. You know, you can just do it with your, whoever your, you know, your, your rabbi or significant other, you know, who you work with and it, and it works. So let's talk about this. Every time that you're on the news, when you do these types of things, what type of feedback are you getting from clients? You know, you're posting it on social media. What's happening to your brand and the image of, of Max Pond when you're consistently out in the community? Well, I think it's just tremendous. Uh, um, you know, First of all, you know, I've always been in the in the jewelry and watch business, being a pawnbroker for forever. But now that I'm in the handbag business, um, you know, I'm always a topic of conversation in every every type of if I'm with friends or cousins or whoever we're with. They want to talk about the handbags. I, I don't care about the diamonds. I don't care about the watches. They want to talk about the handbags. I'm sure it's happened with your brother too. Yeah, for sure. And what when did you like? When did the idea spark to say, "Let me bring in some handbags and see what." what that does uh i started it when i started the store nine years ago oh wow so i was re really out front um um jordan uh Tabak bank a buddy of mine and of course friend of the industry out of beverly hills he's he and i were friends and he says you should take bags like birkins like hermes birkins i'm like what that's a birkin <laughs> and, and he says, yeah, you should take them. So I took one. I took two. And, you know, and I thought to myself, I'm going to take a Louis Vuitton because, you know, not everyone knows what a Birkin is. So, you know, and then I thought to myself, it was inter interesting what I did is, you know, when I, I looked at the, the business models out there, there was no one in the pawn industry in the, pawn, in the handbag business. There was the consignment business. That was my competitor. And the consignment business, to me, it was so antiquated. They're more antiquated than most pawn sh old pawn shops. And so I looked at their model. And here's their model. They take your, your items in, in consignment. They give you a piece of paper. They, they took a high amount, 40 to 60% of the, you know, of the uh, fee. And the, the, the greatest thing I thought that what they did, which I loved because I'm now their competitor, they never called you. They never spoke to you. 80%, you know, 80% of the people who do consignments never get paid ever. Wow. That's ridiculous. So, you know, so here, your mom takes her stuff in 
and a dress and it's typically you know dresses and outfits and belts and this and that they close their eyes because now it's gone and they never think about it again now your mom says huh i'm gonna call the consignment store and what's going on you guys oh i forgot to you know we forgot to call you ma'am uh yeah we sold one shirt and one blouse and this and that and we come on and we'll send you a check and then they the check wouldn't come they'd call again and this is a, that 80 percent figure so i thought to myself you and i are smart guys um i'm gonna be in the concern business i'm not only gonna charge a lower fee i'm gonna pay these ladies right away as soon as possible right yeah. and and then i'm gonna have them come in my store i'm gonna give them cash because then they're going to be able to shop in my store again. So it, it was like, oh, my God, you know, pond, pond industry is pretty competitive, this net, and the consignment industry was not. So I look at, you know, pawnbrokers out there that you have no competition out there. That's your competition. And if you can get into the consignment, because the consignment is, I think, the smartest, because you take in, you take in this Rolex watch and you're looking at it. And the guy comes in and you know, a lot of times people come in your store that not necessarily understand what a pawn shop is. They think a pawn means to get rid of it. So we, a, they get a loan on it, pawn, they will buy it outright. And those two numbers sometimes are low to the person that's coming in because he paid 6,500 for this. So you say to him, sir, you know what I can do for you is I can offer you a consignment. You can offer him a much greater number. You take a fee. Uh, we take a fee. It's usually 20 to 30%. So it's a lot lower fee. And, uh, and people are thrilled. We call them right away and they, and they, and they, and they pick up cash and they spend money in my store. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a great third option because as you know, lots of people don't want to take two grand for this yeah. or they don't want to take 2,500 on a buy. They want four. And so, you know, yeah, I could take it for four because we're going to sell for 45, five. It doesn't matter what you're going to make a percentage. Your customers can be happy. And then I do uh, consign with a twist. So I offer the consignment. And so it all says, oh, I want, you know, want to get, consign that watch. That sounds good. You can get me 5,000 minimum. Okay, perfect. Uh, I need some money today. I give a loan on top of it. Oh, nice. So, so while it's sitting in my showcase, it's TikToking and it's collecting interest. It's, it's, it's nice. And the customer's happy. They get a net amount when they, you know, we sell it. We stop the clock, we pay off the loan, we pay the consignee, the rest of the, the amount that's due, and they're very happy. Very cool, man. I, I do want to go back to something, um, Michael, about the Image Award that you, that you won this year. I think it's not just you, right? You have to ingrain in your staff this idea of having this great image in the pawn industry. What do you do with your staff? How's the culture at Max Pawn for you to be able to uh, continue what you want, your vision, and for your employees to be able to put that out on, you know, I think you said you send a guy out to the TV stations, right? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes yeah, you don't I don't go, do them anymore. Yeah, you don't go anymore. You have somebody who specializes in going and your staff believes in that vision. So how do you do that? So, you know, we have multi, uh, you know, we have different languages that are spoken in my store. Um, but most important, James, my manager, he's the guy. He, he's my face of MaxPon now, which I love it. I, my ego doesn't have to be there. I love it because that's how my, my business is going to grow. I mean, as I get old, they're not going to want to look at this old Jew. You know, they're going to look at, you know, this good looking kid. So um, we, in, we ingrain all our staff. We have a, a girl that speaks Chinese and we were at the Chinese uh, awards here locally uh, mm. recently. Uh, we have multiple Latin speaking folks uh, and uh, it works. It just, you know, we empower our whole staff. We have something that's interesting at Max Pond. 
you know, we're not a pawn shop. We're an e-commerce store. We're a, a, a we're a multifunctional business. So um, we we talk about our staff and our staff. You know, typically you walk in a pawn shop and there's three, four people in the pawn shop that are staff. And they're waiting for the clerk. It drives me nuts. So we have a motto in our store: if we're not helping someone in line, we're helping someone online. So my whole team is on different online teams. Wow. We have Tracy, we have eBay, we have the gun team, we have um, the music, uh, you know, reverb. So everyone is in, embraced and they're all want to get stuff out there because they're on commission. They want to sell and they're not going to just wait for, you know, the guy to walk in the store. So it, it, it makes our store. I mean, our, our turnover rate at our store, I think we're, we turn our, our inventory over 10 or 11 times this year. Wow. So, so awesome. it's, it's crazy. But you know what it does also? It makes your your customer locally want to get in that store and see stuff. It's not going to be stale. It's not, oh, I'll wait till next week. It's not going to be here next week, sir. <laughs> you know, it's a, it'll be gone. Let me pick your brain about that. You know, you said if they're not serving somebody, they're online and they're in teams. And I think I love that because if you have a guy or a gal who loves guns, then she's on the gun team. And if you have a guy or a guy who loves guitars, then they're on the musical instrument team. And to team them up to see, you know, who sells more or to be able to sell online, I think that's brilliant as opposed to just having Absolutely. one person in the online department and that's right. it, right? Can't do it. You can't do it right. And so if we're not helping someone in line, we're helping someone online. Oh, man. And, and what also, you know, what we do is not only that person that wanted to be on the gun team, we take them off the gun team. We push them on the handbag team because we want to get them multi-talented. They don't, you know, we don't want them to sit stale in one area. So it works out very well. And, uh, you know, the store does, th you know, between three and 400,000 a month in sales. Jeez. So it's crazy. Yeah. So for those of you listening, you know, 10 times inventory turn, three to $400,000 in, in, uh, in sales is because you've, you've ingrained in these employees. One, obviously because of commission, a little bit of money. And two, you're, you're pushing them to sell on different teams, do different stuff in line, online. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. For we sharing. also, you know, we also, so thank you. We also um, pay um, a commission and some, something that even my brother and I had uh, an argument over many a times. He says, I said, I pay commission to my loan, to my uh, loan associates. Cause everyone in my store is a pawn associate. They do everything. Yeah. He goes, no, no, you don't pay them that. That's all. That's your given. You know, that's what comes. I said, Steve, it's amazing what I have done with, uh, you know, bringing, paying, uh, you know, a commission on the pawn service fees because now they're like insurance salespeople. They don't want to leave. The guy has a $150,000 loan balance. He's not walking away from that because that pays him every month. So we pay commissions on that and pay commissions on loans. I mean, on sales. And then we have a goal. We have a store goal. So for example, if the store goal is 250,000, um, if they don't reach the goal, we don't, it's not make or break. Like if you don't make it, you don't get anything. So if they only get 200,000, they get 75% of the goal yeah. of their pay and then 50%. So we, we, we stagger it, but we're, we're hitting goals every month here, which is really nice. And so you're pushing people with, you know, with the carrot. I think, I think yeah. the commission on the Paul loans, I think it's great. We used to do it as well. Uh -huh. And what it caused was it caused for people to be more attentive, to not let the loan walk out of the door two, to maximize the loan, and three, when the person came back, to do everything to convince them to pay interest as opposed to... to Let it expire. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, you know, we, what we have found is 
now they have their own book of business, like an insurance salesman. I use that same analogy. Is, yeah. You know, when uh, it all is, is laid on his loan, Claudia's on the phone talking to you. You know, otherwise, no one was talking. I mean, we have notices that go out via text and all that. But there's that personalization. You know, what's going on? Or do you need a few extra days? We can work with you. You know, and they're not. The, the worst thing that happens to them is the loan expires. And we own it for the associate. And, uh, and uh, also, uh, you know, when, when we don't get the loan at all, that's the worst day. Yeah. So, and, they, and they're creating more recurring revenue for themselves because as the client's paying interest, they're making money on the interest every single three months or whatever that time frame is. And I think it gives you, you know, if you're paying somebody 15 bucks an hour, $16 an hour, whatever that is, people want to have a way to make more money. They want to be able to rise to the occasion and bring more for their family. And if you're giving them that opportunity, like you are through commission of sales and loans, I think you won't have, you'll have low turnover for employees, but you'll have that book of business that keeps on growing. Exactly. So we we're currently working on two great new pieces of business that, you know, we're bringing additional types of services in. One is, um, uh, uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, September 1, we're, we're launching, uh, we're going to take it in pawn, we're going to buy it, and people can buy merchandise with cryptocurrency. Wow. We're very excited. we got a, a cool program that we're working with. Uh, we're a beta test, so we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that want to spend money with the, the cryptocurrency, and we see that going to be a big benefit. On the pawn side, you know, it all has $1,000 of Bitcoin, we're going to loan probably 20 to 30% of what the, 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 the coin's worth, the, the value of his. So we'll move that money, that, that cryptocurrency into our wallet. We'll hold it. It's kind of like me holding a gold coin. You know, we give a loan on it. They pay interest. We redeem it. We, we, get, we don't. So we're not involved with what's happening with the marketplace per se, because we're 20 or 30%. We're fairly safe. And then on purchases, people want to use it, you know, to spend. Second item that we're working on, which I'm really excited about, is a, um, a shoe a handbag repair in, in store. So it's going to be called Shoe, uh, shoe Lab Express. It's a, big, uh, it's a big handbag repair place here in Las Vegas, and we're putting an express in. So people can drop off their shoes or bags or belts or wallets and have them repaired, and a week later they'll come back and get it. So another way to get people in my door to, you know, to offer, you know, our opportunities that we have outside of, you know, the repair business. And I think that's, that's so crucial for pawnbrokers to hear that it's not just about the pawn and the sale. It's about how many other revenue streams can I bring in and how creative can I be within the community to bring people to my store? And I think you've done that uh, to an incredible level and being at the forefront of that. I think that's why you deserve winning that award at the NPA for sure. Cool, man. This is, Man, Michael, this has been incredible. So much information. Um, let me ask you one last question. Uh, you've been part of the NPA. You've been in the pawn business for a long time. Where do you think uh, some pawn brokers today are doing it wrong? And where, what small twist, what small change can they do to make a difference in their operation today after they listen to this podcast? Okay. Well, there's one thing I think old school pawnbrokers always have done and do still, and that's they penalize people who expire pawns with them. 
So Yadal has been a customer for 20 years or five years or whatever, and he expires two loans. He's had 60 loans that he's picked up, but the two loans, they penalize him. They, they treat him like a different customer. Well, the way we look at it is, if it was a good loan, it's good inventory. And did we make good profit on that inventory? It doesn't matter. So you have to look at the whole. Don't treat any customer because, you know, customers are harder to get today. They're not as the pawn customer is, 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 you know, the traditional pawn shops are having a harder and harder time because tools, you know, aren't as abundant, you know, uh, and they're not holding values. You know, that's the way reason I got into the handbag business because it holds value. So we have to look at items that hold value and it might be something else. So I'm looking forward to seeing your podcast. Maybe uh, someone can show me uh, some other items that we could take that uh, we can make some money with. Nice. That's awesome. And, and once again, listen up guys, don't treat that one customer who, who defaults to loans. If it's a good loan, if it's good inventory, thank that person. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, no, he's, He's still good with it. You know, you know what I mean though, right? Yeah. It, it, the old school was like, oh, he's not as good. Or we loan him less now. Yeah. Or like, because I know all- the, the, the um, pawn shop softwares have like maybe like percentage ratings. And right. He was at 100 and now he's at 90 and you're like, oh, wait a second. Right. A, like give the guy a break. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I know with, I know with Bravo software, it, it evaluates the, the, the default per, uh, profitability to that customer and gives them a benefit too so it, nice. it does so that, that it's, it is smart so and i think it's super important that you know we always look that way but you know what the way you're going to be a, a good palm bro today is watch your podcast listen to you know listen to people try different things you have to try new things because it's not the old school pawn shop i mean the jewelry business it's in the tank you know here's here's one thing i have to say in the closing is you know we're the last of the generation of the collectibles. We don't collect, our kids are not going to collect silverware, flatware, china, crystal, artwork. They don't, they're, these young kids, are, they're not doing that. You know what they're collecting? Apps on their phone. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and so that's, that's alarming for, you know, if we're in the pawn business because they're not going to have that stuff. So we got to figure out what they want. Awesome. Crypto Michael, this has been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much for, for giving such great value to the Pond family. And uh, for those of you listening, if you have not joined the Facebook group, the Pond Leaders Podcast Community, jump in there. Michael, I don't know if you're in there, but if you're not, I'll put you in. I'm in there. Uh, you're I'm awesome. In. Great. So uh, join us in the conversation. Have an incredible day. And I'll see you on the next episode.